we went through the trees that we went through a couple of rows and like I've been a barista (laughs) and I have good barista hustle. I looked at my bucket at the end of this, like I think we had been picking for four hours and there was not a lot of coffee in there. I thought for sure I would have filled half this bucket. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two of a five-part series with just me. Uh, in this series, we are we are going through and exploring what my experience was like on my first coffee origin trip. I went to the big island of Hawaii in the Kona region and had the great privilege of meeting many producers from the region and spent my time mostly at Monarch Coffee Farms. And it was a deep privilege to do so. One of the days that I was there, I was picking coffee. And in today's episode, that's what I wanna give you insight into, what it was like to be a coffee picker for a day. So the day starts early. Um, The day starts with um, a briefing. Uh, We got taught, it was me and the interns who were on the island. Uh, We spoke about the interns in the last episode. Um, But it was me and the interns. We were all learning how to pick coffee for the first time. They had no experience picking coffee. Um, They are Americans, uh, the folks who are picking with me. And we hadn't had any experience picking coffee before, but we're all very excited about the experience and all were there because we wanted to learn more about coffee and the process of farming. Now, I, when I approached this, I was very excited. I am somebody who enjoys manual labor. I like repetitive tasks. It gives my mind an opportunity to think and at a hum. Um, But what happened um, when we had been given instructions, my process of learning how to pick uh, gave me some insights into some things that I didn't uh, quite expect. When we started the day, Abby and Sal, um, who are running the whole process, would give us an understanding of the kinds of cherries that we were looking to pick. So if you've never seen a coffee tree before, they've got these really long branches on them and they have clusters of cherries on them and the cherries ripen at different times. So they go anywhere from green to yellow to a kind of orange pinky color and then to red and then to a dark amber. And what you're looking for based on the quality of the final product that you're looking for, either you're going to be picking to strip pick, which means let's just take everything off the tree. Quality is not a problem. As opposed to high-end specialty grade coffee, which is all about picking the, the ripest cherries. Um, now, beyond the very ripe is the overripe fruit, which they call mummies, um, and you want to pick those as well. Um, and and the part that was really interesting to me was when my picking buddy and I were going through the trees and we were picking geshes the first day, and I mentioned it in the last episode, Monarch Coffee Farms has gesher 
and they have Pacamara. Now the Pacamara had been stumped last year, so we weren't picking any Pacamara. We were just picking Gesha. As we went through the trees, we were told what you want to do is you want to grab the fruit that's within the scope of the versions of red we had been shown were what we were looking to pick that day. And you, you grab the fruit and you kind of twist it and pull. Um, and it should, if it's ripe, it should come off quite easily. Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros. And it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. We went through the trees that we went through a couple of rows and like I've been a barista and I have good barista hustle. I looked at my bucket at the end of this, like I think we had been picking for four hours and there was not a lot of coffee in there. I thought for sure I would have filled half this bucket um, and, and you wear this bucket over like these straps over you with this bucket in front of you um, and you're carrying it as you're picking and you're reaching uh, on on like up high to pick at the, the, the cherries. And as you pick, you just drop into your bucket. You want to be mindful that you don't drop anything on the ground because you don't want to spread any diseases uh, from um, uh, coffee uh the from coffee leaf rust or from borer beetles or from any any of that kind of stuff so when you throw it on the ground you could be potentially spreading diseases so we don't throw that everything goes in the bucket but my bucket wasn't anywhere near as full as I thought it would be and then Sal came up behind us and helped us understand that we were being far too sensitive as um as choosing the cherries we were picking. And so what had happened was we had left a whole bunch of cherry on the tree because as we grabbed it and tried to turn it and pick it, we weren't being forceful enough. We were being very, very gentle, which meant that the four hours that we had picked, we had to go through all of those trees again, which was incredibly frustrating for us and no doubt for I mean Sal was a legend he was like that's okay just go and you know this is a day of learning this is the first day you're doing this he was very encouraging very inspiring very supportive um but it just felt frustrating for all of us because all four of us who were picking had done the same thing so we went through all the trees again and we got a lot more coffee out of it uh, but it really does, it really taught me how much of a skill these cherry pickers have, the coffee cherry pickers have at Origin. Um, when a skilled team can come through, there are some pickers that can do 250 pounds a day. I would have, I, I, my bucket at the end of the day had seven and a half pounds in it, which is nothing. Some of these experienced pickers are doing, anywhere between 100 and 250 pounds. And that's just wild. Now, the I did visit another farm um, 
and it was a deep privilege to visit the Greenwell Farm. The Greenwell, um, uh, the Greenwells are very famous in Kona for uh, the amount of time they've been on the island for a couple of hundred years. They've been growing coffee for 150 years. Their farms are beautiful. Um, you want to go and check out the Mapper Forward highlight reels. Uh, highlights for story, sorry, and you'll see a lot of content that I took there and you'll specifically see some of the bags being brought back from the pickers. And what what we, um, what we're always aiming for when we're picking, because, you know, now I'm an expert picker and everything, <laughs> not even slightly, but one thing that you definitely get the impression of is that fast is not always the best um, the best element of everything. You want to be fast and if you're going for specialty grade, you want to be fast with red cherries. And so this gave me insight into a lot of these photos that we see from producers on Instagram. Um, it gave me the insight into what I'm actually looking for now when it comes to understanding the quality of the cherry that those producers have. So when you see a producer that's posting photos of the cherries that have been picked, you want to see the uniformity of red in those cherries. Or is there a lot of yellows and greens or partially red, partially yellow greens? Um, sorry, red, partially red and partially yellow. So the top half of the cherry is a kind of a, a yellow and the bottom half of the cherry is a is a kind of red. And why this is important is because there are producers out there that are saying that they're picking specialty grade, high-end specialty grade. Um, the sweeter the fruit is, sorry, the redder the fruit is, the more likely it is to be sweet. And I was not prepared for what it would taste like when you pick a ripe cherry off a tree and you taste it. It is, it was nothing like what I anticipated. It was, to put it plainly, on these Gesha trees, it tasted like juicy fruit gum. It was amazing. If you happen to be able to get your hands on some Monarch uh, Estate Gesha, the, we'll have a uh, link in the show notes for you to check it out. This coffee is truly sublime. And when you eat the cherry off the tree, you understand where all these flavors come from. Because Gesha that's grown in Kona is different from the same seed stock grown in Panama. The seed stock for these uh, trees is the same as Hacienda La Esmeralda in Panama. And it here it tastes completely different, obviously because of the terroir and because of the the different uh, ways that the coffee is treated in the processing. But honestly, folks, it is truly something to get your hands on this coffee. As we as we as we were picking, the one thing that I came to realize is that there are um, a, there is a different standard for what monarch decides is quality and that was not it, it was as evident as you could possibly make it when we took our full buckets and took it to be processed afterwards so we 
floated the, the cherries to see what would come to the top. We scooped all of that off because that was not going, that was not good coffee. Um, we took all of that aside and then we put it through another color sorter and we made sure that we only selected for the red cherries. And again, you can see those images on Instagram. It was interesting when I went to the Greenwell farm and Tommy Greenwell, who it was an honor to meet and spend time with, a lot of respect for Tommy and Jenny from the Greenwell farm. Um, but he generously opened the bags for us and showed us what um, the the pickers had picked. And, and in his in his words, he was showing me how much uh, yellow and green cherry. He said they're they're uh, a little too anxious. It was, it's the beginning of picking. It's, they're a little too anxious. They're picking more yellow cherries than we would like. And a lot of the time, um, you know, pickers are paid in weight. So what happens is that they will take a look at the, the person who's running the mill will take a look at the quality of what's been picked for the day. And they will adjust the pricing of what they're paying the pickers based on the quality of what's in the bag. And so if the bag is only full of red cherries, that's a different price to if the bag is filled with an assortment of red cherries, yellow cherries, uh, or, you know, ripe cherries and underripe cherries. Um, all in all, I can tell you that it is hard work. It is hot work and we're at the end of summer uh, in this, at this time that I was picking. I cannot imagine what it's like to be out there in the peak of summer picking coffee. Um, it is, it is laborious. It is, it is physical labor and I don't mind physical labor, but this was still hard for me. Um, it is, it is a Zen practice. I found that no matter how tired I was getting, I was still very, um, I don't know, I was, I felt like I was in a groove. Um, as disappointing as the bucket was of how little coffee I had, I still really enjoyed the process. But when I look at what is involved for these pickers day in, day out, months on end, as they are professional coffee pickers, I come to realize how important, how deeply, deeply important they are to the quality of the coffee that ends up being sold to the market after it's been processed. All too often, we don't have enough of a conversation about coffee pickers in this industry. And as a result, I think what we're seeing is that we are getting less and less and less who are leaving the profession. So it's something to think about. In the next episode, I want to go on to it. I will go into a deep dive about why the US, why coffee that's grown in the US is a really complicated market. This is really, really interesting, folks. I hope that you will join me. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. 
Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below. 